Where were you sleeping? Oh, train stations, parks, wherever I could for that first month. And snow dropping, you know, taking clothes um, off lines and towels and to keep warm and, and use pillows. And and I lasted three or four weeks and I was like, this is a lot harder than... Yeah, what did you find out there? <laughs> oh, scary. That's Ben Stamatovich. He's a man who's lived the kind of life many wouldn't survive. Growing up without either of his birth parents, Ben was sleeping rough on the streets from the age of 13 and stealing just to eat and stay warm, soon finding himself trapped in a cycle of homelessness that would dominate his young life. I did what I had to do to survive, and that meant breaking the law. His resourcefulness, the will to survive, and the hope that things would one day get better is all that kept him alive when the pressure of life brought him to his knees time and time again. I was living to the next hour, like, I wasn't planning on the next day. I was just living in the moment every day, which was not a good moment to be living in. He finally found his feet in his early 20s, only to become a drug addict and lose it all to meth, a crippling habit he eventually kicked by going cold turkey in a tent. And it just grabbed me and just took me along for a ride of two years of fucking losing the house, losing my job, cricket, lost three cars, lost my kids. Ben's thought about giving up too many times to count over the years, but he's hung on and dragged himself back out of the abyss that's always threatened to consume him. In the face of all the pain, he's found true love in his partner, his family, and his surprising passion for drone photography, a hobby that came out of nowhere and has since grown to become one of Ben's biggest motivators, his work much loved by a huge following. It's given me a reason to keep going. As stupid as that sounds, even with kids, grandkids, the drone really, really took my mind away from uh, well, it gave you an outlet. It gave me an outlet, it was, and it was my my thing. He'd be the first to tell you he's not all fixed. Life isn't that simple, though all the pieces have been glued back together. It's hard to put Ben's story into words, but he's given it a bloody good crack. I still have my bad days, and my bad days aren't good, but I um, look for a reason to, to continue on. Welcome to Young Blood, an award-winning podcast on a mission to make the mental health of young men a top priority. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our platform to open up and share stories of what we've been through because we're not alone. Let's do it. Trigger warning, this episode discusses suicide. If you or someone you know is suicidal, please call Lifeline on 13 14 11 or the Suicide Prevention Hotline in your country. So Ben, how did you end up on the streets? When I was... Uh, 13 I I got sat down well when I was two or three I, a fella and a lady were together my mum and dad a couple of years later the fella disappeared my dad and then a year later another fella lobbed up and I knew he wasn't my dad rah, 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 so I um, never called him dad always called him by his first name from the age of four or whatever I was so he moved in with my mum then come 13 I got in trouble with the police my mum sat me down and said, oh, I've got something important to tell you. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, here we go. What, am I grounded or whatever? And she said, I'm not your mum. I'm not your real mum. And I was like, okay. And it really, it hit hard. Like, it really sat me on my ass. Yeah. And I was already sitting on my ass. But, I mean, that night I remember just crying and crying all night. I was just. Was that true? Yeah. Was that was true? Was it true that she wasn't your yeah, real mum? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so my real mum left me with my dad, who then met this lady. And then he left me with her, mm. but I was too young, obviously. I was, I think my mum, I was 16 months old when my mum left me with the dad and then blah, blah, blah. So I just thought she was mum all the way through and never doubted it. I really, I doubted some things around it after she told me, as in just probably the love feeling maybe. There's, you know, I didn't quite, there was a few things that something really- was, Something was missing. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, something was missing. So then from then I sort of felt like I was in the way. I was from the age of 10, 11, 12, leaving home already. So as in sneaking out on a Friday night, getting back on a Saturday morning, trying to sneak back in my window and, you know, being a little rat bag. And um, and she told me, hoping it would straighten me out. And I mean, when's a good time to tell someone you're not there? Yeah. You, you know, you, even look about, I don't blame her. I don't, you know, this. When, when is a good time? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know when is a good time unless you're straight up from the get-go. But understandably, that totally rocked your world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, and then I felt in the way. And there was things happening with the stepfather that shouldn't happen with kids and...
And uh, I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I've snuck out a few times. I'm gonna just do the bolt and see how I go. So I was 13. I just left home. I just said, that's it. I'm going. And um, Is that or did no, you run away? No, I ran away. Yeah, I left on a Friday night. That was the first time. I only, I went out. I was about a month out on the living out in the streets for about a month and staying at a mate's house on weekend or something like that because I was 13. Like, yeah. you know, they were going to school, but I didn't stop school then as well. So their parents would be like, you know, you're staying over on a weeknight, you know, like rah, rah. So they would think I'd be staying at home Monday to Friday yeah. and I'd go there on a weekend and a bit of pride thing. is I didn't want anyone to know and so where, I didn't even tell my closest mates. Where were you sleeping? Oh, train stations, parks, wherever I could for that first month and snowdropping you know, taking clothes um, off lines and towels and to keep warm and, and use as pillows. And and I lasted three or four weeks and I was like, this is a lot harder than... Yeah, what did you find out there? <laughs> oh, scary. I, I was scared. <laughs> like the first couple of nights, I was like, the adrenaline was like, you know, this is pretty cool. No one's telling me what to do. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Yeah. And then the reality sort of kicks in. That, Hang it's on, fucking I'm, cold. I'm fucking cold. I'm lonely and this is not really what I want to be doing, but... The alternative was to, to go back and pick up how it was and how it was wasn't good mm. where I was, regardless of what my mum told me. And I still call her mum now and I still talk, you know, we're still, we still talk. But you'd made that decision that you weren't going to go back. Yep, I did. I made it. And the first, the reason why I went back, I got picked up by the police. So um, they were like, no fixed address. I said, well, we've got to take you to your parents. So I went back there, not on my own accord. I went back with the police and probably nutted it out another, I don't know the time, I don't know, probably four or five weeks, six weeks. Yeah. And in that period, we shifted house and moved uh, a few more k's away. And uh, on this one occasion, a dog got out. I went with the stepfather and um, went looking for the dog and he sort of thought he found it. It was in bushland, we are in, in the bush. And um, so he stopped the car and trotted off up the track looking for the dog and I'm just sitting there so I just don't want to be here. So I just opened up the door and legged it. And um, sat in the bush while he was, I knew he'd be pissed. And uh, he's driving around, I get him driving around, driving around. And I was hiding behind a tree the whole time. And went up and stayed at this old train bridge. And it was only, oh, it was only about 800 meters from home. But I stayed there for a few weeks, about eight weeks. It's about 300 meter long tunnel, it's, it's huge. And um, it's got these little alcoves in it, obviously where people would stand where the trains used to go through it. And there's no trains through there for years. Yep. And um, yeah, a lot of fire in there. And knowing that they went to work the next day, then I'd just sneak home, get a feed. Right. I think mum knew what I was up to and she was probably, didn't care. Yeah, like, she just wanted you to be fed. I she suppose. just wanted, Yeah, exactly. She just wanted to know that I was all right. And that was her thing the whole way through. She just wanted to know I was all right. She knew I, she couldn't stop me. There's nothing that could have stopped me. She just wanted to know I was all right all the way through mm. my whole, even up to today. And like, did you keep in contact the whole way through? No, 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 no. no. I slipped out and it was only, I was forced contact from then not leaving. I left for a long spell and uh, we'd get in trouble with the police and then, you know. Same thing would happen. Same thing would happen. I did a three-month spell in the juvie yep. when I was, well, I was 16 and the only way they'd let me out was to go back to to there. Otherwise, I had to stay in and do another three months or something. So, uh, yep, yep, no worries, I'll go back and then three days later, shoot off and yep. go pursue my... I don't know, my life, I think. Mm. <laughs> At the time, I didn't know what I was doing, really. And but. so how many years did that pattern sort of go on for? Uh, eight. Right. Yeah, so I was about 21. Yep. There was a lot of couch surfing. There was a lot, a lot on the streets, and there was a lot of five, six weeks at someone's place. But after three or four days, it was just that same feeling of not being welcome. Overstaying. Or, or overstaying the, yeah. yeah, overstaying it. So... And being a, well, I thought, you know, a bit proud and, you know, I didn't want people to know too much about me and why haven't I got a place to go mm. to and, you know, well, I just do the bolt. And uh-huh. So you wouldn't tell people the full story? No, 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 no. I, I, I played cricket. Well, 14, 15, I'd got home, stole me whites, my cricket whites. and Because I, I loved cricket and I, and I was fortunate enough to be pretty good at it. I've, I've got jobs through life because of cricket. So yeah. um, I'd be rocking up to to play on a Saturday, 400 metres down the road, take me trackies off to have me whites underneath and then rock up, play cricket, and then go try and find somewhere to sleep that uh-huh. night. So I, was, I was passionate about it. And no cricket. one knew about it? No one knew about it. Yeah. Whether they did or not, I don't know, but I didn't tell anyone. You didn't let on about it? No, no, yeah. no, no way. No, that's not something I was proud about. It wasn't at all. I was, 
I was happy within myself that I was doing what I want. I could, I could do what I want. You know, I was a, I was a little shit. Yeah. But I could do what I want without anyone telling me oh, there's no rules. You know, I mean, I didn't do anything bad. I didn't, you know, there was anything bad I done. I did what I had to do to survive, mm. and that meant breaking the law. And, and I had to, you know, stealing to, stuff, stealing and- stuff, absolutely, and um, and joyriding in cars. You know, there was some stupid shit that was done for fun. And, yeah. Um, but the majority of it was survival, mm. and that was the biggest key: is survival, keeping warm, and getting food. In the what was it like not belonging anywhere for so long, though? It was very lonely. Mm. Very, there was many a nights I sat in the cold, crying, feeling that I just wanted to be a part of something, a part of a family or community. a community. And and that's what led me to my first attempt. Mm. My first suicide attempt was from being just feeling worthless, just feeling I didn't fit in anywhere and and um, a bit of a feeling from and 13, 14 of if anything gets too hard, I'm just going to – I'll just finish my life and then the, – the, the, that I won't affect anybody then or you know I won't have those feelings and so my first attempt was pretty um yeah it was a bit of a waking up it wasn't I was 14 years old I didn't know you know I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing so mm. it um which is good did uh, anything change after that no not really not not straight away no but um nothing really changed because nothing changed in my life mm. Yeah. The, the reason I did it was because I was, you know, I was sitting alone under a tree. Yeah. So the next day I was sitting alone at a bus stop. Yeah. And then, then I was, you know, s- sleeping on a train. And and so when did things start to start to change? Uh, 18, 17. I spent my 18th in, in um, juvenile detention centre. I went back home for a month or so. And again, same, 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 same. And then moved out again. Uh, and it wasn't from... And this is what was frustrating for me. It wasn't like I didn't have um, chances to improve, because all through, like I had opportunities to work, I had opportunities with cricket, like to to get a job and play for that club. And it was just the the, the whole living side of it, though. So did you do that sometimes? Yeah, though? I you did. Part time jobs. Yeah, I did. It? So I lasted oh, six months at this place called Midland Brick. They employed me to play cricket for um, Midland Districts. And um, and yep, done. Yeah, no worries. Then you know, I just wouldn't rock up for work because I'd just be off, part, you know, just doing my own thing. Like it was, it was you know a bit of self discipline that needed to be kicked in too. Mm. But if you don't have a place to say, you know, Maslow's right. hierarchy of needs—that's the the most fundamental key part to to life. You've exactly. got to you got to have a safe environment to exactly. base everything off. And that job was when I was seventeen. So was, you know, I was already four years in to being on the streets and that. So it wasn't something new. It was something that this is the way. And that's what I thought. This is the way I am. Mm. Like, this is I'm just going to live life, no one telling me what to do and rah, rah, rah. And, and it wasn't until um, I ended up hooking up back up with an old school friend. I stayed with his mum and family for a bit and they were great. They were really, really nice people and, and took me in. Never made me feel uncomfortable or anything like that. I did. I felt uncomfortable within myself. Yeah. Um, we ended up getting a unit together, and um, and oh, I would have been so I would have been twenty, so yeah, it's because twenty one. When I was twenty one, we were on the piss one night and said, "Let's go to Adelaide." And next day, as you do, as you do, <laughs> and I already had two cracks at coming to Adelaide. Right. I, I come over for six months and spent six months on the streets here when I was um, sixteen, and um, Salvation Army helped or one of the charities helped me get back to Perth, providing I went back to the parents again. So, again, I went back for two weeks and did the bulk. So I'd already been to Adelaide, so we were talking about it. I said, oh, I've been there. And like, you know, it's a pretty good spot, rah, rah, rah. So on our dole day, which was two days later or whatever, we um, bought a train ticket, come over here, lobbed here. The train broke down at Kalgoorlie. We got on the beers. Two days it was broken down. We left with $400. We got here with 50 <laughs> and, and um so we straight into a taxi thinking oh yeah you know a little five buck ride or something over you know said so to the cab he takes us to the nearest hotel pub he ended up taking us to hut street and i was thinking there's one just down the road. that's a long way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so there was you know 15 dollars there i think uh, but it's it's funny how the world works is that you know we're sitting at the we said we've got 30 bucks left let's 
just go down and have a drink. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Let's see, see what happens. And um, we're sitting there and we're drinking and we're talking to this fella and he's sitting in there and um, he's like, you know, what are you fellas doing? I told him a bit of, you know, you know, we just lobbed here, right, right. He goes, oh, you looking for a job? So like, yeah, it's bloody oath, mate. He goes, well, I'm working on the Grand Prix and it was only, you know, three weeks away from the Grand yeah. Prix. And um, he goes, I'm looking for a couple of fellas to jump on the back of the garbage truck and run around. I said, where are you, okay. man? Yeah, yeah, no sounds dramas. good. He goes, where are you living? And I said, oh, well, yeah. We've got 20 bucks now. Yeah. I just bought you a beer. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, well, I've got a couple of spare rooms at home. Right, right. Right. So I was like, wow, this is cool. So uh -huh. we lobbed straight there from that night. We got on the piss. We got on the piss there and we, and we lobbed there. And um, we worked on the Grand Prix. Um, got a, you know, we got two grand or something for five days' yeah. work. Was that all all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, it was great. He okay. was a good, genuine fellow yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. There was yeah. no hidden agenda right. or anything. Okay, like. so that was lucky. It was lucky. Yeah. It was absolutely lucky. Yeah. And um, uh, so he, um, so he, you were rich for a for a weekend there. Oh yeah, I'd say two weeks because <laughs> by the time we hit Heine Street, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all gone. It was all gone. It happens that way. But um, yeah, it does. But um. Uh, so, and he was an electrician by trade. So when he finished the Grand Prix, he went off and worked like four weeks on, one week off away in mines and, and said, I need someone to look after the house and shit. And so, you know, no so we stayed there for like a year, year and a half. Oh, right. Okay. And, um, only did that four days at the Grand Prix mm -hmm. and then was just on the dole, just riding our bikes in town every week on dole day, you know, getting a carton and whatever. And just, yeah. again, just wasting it. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't try to work during that. No, time. no, yeah. I didn't. Didn't. I, 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 no, I didn't. I hadn't played cricket or worked, and um, just being irresponsible. Really, mm. looking back at it, like that's you know twenty twenty one. That's you know you should be starting to. Yeah, but feeling like you know you had an actual house to stay in. Yeah, it was you the had first, Someone yeah. giving you money. Yeah, you know things were good compared Absolutely. to how they had been. And the know? first time in a long time, I felt like it was a home. Mm. Like it was, you know, it felt homely. We go home and just. Chuck my shirt on the bed, and it's like you know, yeah. like it was and it was being given to you. So and yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So we um, yes, nutted that out for a bit, and then he eventually met up with a chick. I um, and he started you know going out a bit with her and rah rah. So I started doing my. I actually walked past the Gazer, um, the cricket club there, mm. and they were um. It was on a Thursday Arvo and they were having a hit and I thought, oh, I ain't had a bowl for a couple of years and then it hit. So I was like, I'll just go and ask him, you know, which was pretty, I'm not uh, courageous, but I knew I was good at it. Mm. So I was confident enough to be able to just walk up and say, look, you know, it's a nut. Because if they give you one, then you'll impress them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew and I knew that would and mm. I knew, you know, that people just don't walk off the street about a bowl. Yeah. You know, pretty sharp. So... And you're still sharp at that point? Yeah. yeah. No, I was rusty. Yeah. I was rusty sharp. Yeah. So I was very a uh, bit erratic and um but landed a few good ones and and, and landed enough to for him to say, well, you know, where what's the go? Where are you playing for? I said, I'm not playing for anyone. If we get your job, would you play here? Because I told him I'm unemployed, rah, mm. rah. So they got me my first um first job where I thought, you know what, this is where I'm starting my life. It's yeah. just, you know, I'm gonna this wrong this is the start of my life now, it's twenty one. I'm going to um, have a crack responsible. So I did another Dan play cricket for five years. Or Still something. living in that same place? Yeah, I was. I was living in the same place, and then met a couple of people at the club, obviously. And one of them was uh, end up being a good mate, and I ended up moving in with him. As you do with the cricket and the sport, and just having that community, mm. that feel that you you always meet someone that meets someone who knows someone who knows. So someone. you had some good years there. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I had some good years. I slowed down times mm. and i did because you had a lot of unresolved trauma as absolutely, well absolutely yeah. absolutely i did and it didn't go away i mean you can mm. drink you know you're going on friday night and saturday night and it's forgotten and you have a good time and you're merry and you seem really happy with your friends and they'll be thinking no nothing's wrong with anybody mm. rah, rah. and then come monday tuesday wednesday you come back to a bit of reality and it all comes flooding back to you and it um yeah it was unresolved but i had good times i had i was back playing cricket i was working i had things occupying my mind had a good base of people around me mm. and he was living with his parents and again I felt a bit you know I don't think that feeling's ever gone from feeling in the way 
of people's lives. You felt like you're always sort of trying to attach yourself to other people's yeah, lives. Yeah, rather, yeah, exactly. Rather than just be accepted, like mm. just be accepted. I was the one trying to force things because you had to. Felt, yeah, because I had to, mm. and and um, and it's a shit feeling. It really is. Even looking back, it's a shit, it's a desperate, you know, like it's yeah, it's a, it's a shit feeling, and um, uh, so yeah, we started. Yeah, so I moved out there, moved in with my mates. Uh, there I was playing cricket with who then I got a job where I got a job through the same cricket club and and um, so then we all started working together as well and it was great and I was there um, what, I was there three years at this place and you end up buying buying your own house well that's time? yeah yeah so after three years I met this lady um, she already had a girl um, and then within six months some years she was pregnant to myself obviously it was like this buy a house, yep. So when signed up this for block and house and land package, rah rah. Yeah. And she was already um in the drugs. I didn't know at the time, a bit naive. I, even through the time on the streets, I never got into the right. drug side of it, mm. and I really didn't because it was all about survival. I, I looked at people on the drugs and I was, what are you? It's, oh, man, it's hard enough now, like let alone getting on the gear and chasing the money. Not that I thought about chasing the money or anything at the time. I just thought, why would you want to do that? And so she was already on the gear. So I was working, oh, 70, 80-hour weeks mm. in transport. And on Friday, we'd be working 20-hour a day, every Friday. So uh, so she said, oh, do you want to try mm. some of this like to get you through? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, give us a crack. Talking about math, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had a bit of it, and the Friday went really, really good. Mm. And... Then the Saturday went goodish, and then Sunday I'd crash back down again, and then come Monday time for work, I was rat shit. Yeah. So then it become from three or four weeks of having it on a Friday to having it then on a Sunday, and then a Tuesday, and then a Wednesday. Yeah, and that's how it happens. And, and that's how it staying happens. Staying on it. And, and, um, because coming off it's too bad. It's too, you don't want to come off it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's too bad because, yeah, that's right, you don't sleep, you're bloody you're shit out. So, so that went. And we just I just signed up the house and f- four weeks into this start of this habit, mm. I um I just knew something's not this isn't a good time to be buying a house. Like we just had a kid. She's full on into it and I mm. didn't know and, and, and it's stupid and looking back it's stupid. How did you not know you didn't want to see it? I was working so much. Oh, okay. Working way too much. So I'd go yeah. to work and she'd just go off and mm. bloody do her thing. Right. I'd come home and go to bed, think she's going to sleep. She's not, she's obviously reading or doing whatever, you know, whatever okay. she was doing. Yeah. And um so I just didn't know. And then on weekends she would sleep. And then looking back at it, you know, a couple of years later, it's not like, you're sleeping because you've been awake Monday to Friday. Well I'm working. So then I'd look after the kids and but it's pretty clear to you that this is probably not a good idea. I knew it's not a good idea. Mm. We went. And, I went and picked out the curtain, you know, the tiles and curtains and shit. And I did it by myself. Mm. And even I remember being there. Even this minute, I remember being there and going, "Once well, a year, like mm. for starters, this is meant to be a celebration in life, sort of thing." And so I picked out all the tile and I'm driving back home. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And I thought, "Oh, it's 150. That's what it's 150 bucks a week." Like this is easy. Like even if. All goes pear shape. I'll still fucking do it. Yeah, and um, and I already had my mindset. It's going to go pear shape with her, and I wasn't in a bad habit then. Like when we bought the house, I was only like I said four or five weeks into this habit. Doesn't take long though. It doesn't take long, and it just grabbed me and just took me along for a ride of two years of fucking losing the house, losing my job, cricket, lost three cars, lost my kids. And that was me wake up call. I was twenty five then. Back on the streets. Back on the streets. Back homeless. I was surf couch, surf bloody jumping or whatever it is. Again, but um. But with an addiction this time. With an different. addiction this time, and um, living in motel to motel, to then becoming pokies. Mm. To you know, like the whole, the whole, the whole works, and the depression and the anxiety and. How is it different the second time, with all that going on? <sighs> It was uh, more intense. It because mean I was, you were around a lot more violence and yeah, yeah. Later on, the, the yeah. second time, yeah, and and it was more hurtful because the the base of friends I were around were, were nothing like that, mm. like into the drugs and all that sort of thing. So I was really shamed. Whereas before, I didn't feel belonged or whatever. I wasn't shamed. This time, I felt shamed because I'd taken up this drug habit. I had this 
you know, good mates and that that weren't doing it. And changed your view of yourself. And it did. It changed your view of myself. Uh, and I guess the view of you from others as well. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, and I mean, they would have judged me for mm. the, the decisions I was making so at the time. So you were still able to hide it for a while or? Uh, yeah, because I just stopped seeing them. Mm. So I just cut off and just stopped. And that's what it does as well. And, and as as does the, the, the depression, anxiety, everything. It just cuts you off from everybody and you just want to be left alone. And I just wanted to be left alone with my drug habit mm. and shit going on up here, you know. And then when they they come and um, took the house because the, the habit went from I think it was one hundred and fifty dollars a week to about twelve hundred dollars a week quickly. between us, yeah. Quickly, so things had to. My wage wasn't going to something had to give, you mm. know, subsidize that. So uh, something had to give. So I had to start improvise, improvising mm. to to be able to afford our drug habit. Because she was, you know, enjoying the ride as well mm. as her drug habit increased because our money. So you're just selling everything you got. Selling everything I got, stealing. Lost my job because of the stealing side of it, mm. and and I was set up there to be to go high. Yeah. And um, not high, but to 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 go up in the ranks in uh, employment there, and I stuffed that yeah. stuffed that up. And you were quickly a different person to the one that signed up. Oh. Six months ago, whatever it was. I remember going out to the lunch van and I hadn't seen the office staff for six months, which sometimes happens, you know, with just – it was a big company. It was a massive company. Mm. And um, this one time, the lady goes, are you all right, Ben? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she goes, you've lost so much weight. What's wrong with you? So that's, and that was just in six months. Mm. It just so quickly just – it just drains you out. It's a, it's a shit, shit world to be in. It's a shit drug and i got zero – zero tolerance for it and really zero tolerance for people that take it mm. because I've been there. I know what it's like. But you got to empathise with people thinking that it's not going to get them like that and then very quickly it does. I, it does, but as, as quick as it gets you like that, you can you, you can get off, you can get away from that. I, I, and I, Not that I've got zero tolerance for it, but I mean I can't handle being around anyone that's on it mm. at zero, nothing at all. I just and um, But I can I got empathy for people that, I understand how you can get Start to that. not knowing what's going to happen. Not yeah. knowing what's going to happen. And not everyone, everyone's built differently, aren't mm. they? So, I mean, some people can just give up stuff and, and, and whatever. I mean, I can't give up smoking. For oh, you know, and there's people out there, what are you fucking doing smoking? Yeah, like, so, you know? so, a bit uh, of an addictive personality, but yeah, 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 still yeah. meth will get anyone. Meth will, yeah, meth will get the best of people, and it's proven to do that. And um, my turning point was when the kids got taken. Within two and a half years, I'd lost the house, cars, kids. We were motel jumping. Mm. And um, her brother come and took the two girls and said, this isn't happening. He's a very good fella. Mm. Still see him to this day. And I thank him. I've thanked him numerous times. Um, mm. And that was a wake-up call. And I, and I said, look what's just happened here. Like, you know, is meth going to overrule like everything. Uh, everything, everything, which it already has. And she did, wanted to continue that track. And um, I didn't. So I went to a... A caravan park and um, stayed in a tent for about eight weeks. Just gone cold turkey in Just a tent. Just gone cold turkey in a tent. And um, that would have been a pretty hardcore. That was hardcore. Mm. And it was. So I reunited with the people I played cricket with. You tell them what happened? Yeah. 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 And they're like, you know, I've got no money to give you. And I thought, I'm not here for the money, man. I'm just here to have a fucking, you know. But chat. obviously they'd think that. You of course know? they think that. Yeah. As, as, Anyone, you know, would. And, and I know it wasn't what I wanted. So he gave me a tent. I said, look, I can, I, I'm going to pay the tent fees and everything. Like I said, just, you know, let me spot me a tent. Yeah, sweet as man. He goes, you get your shit together, you know, come back, you know, and talk. And he'd come and see me every couple of days and, you know, everything was kosher and, we, you know, getting along. And, we, yeah. you know, we always got along. He was a good fellow. He really was a good fellow. Yeah, so you did meet some good people along I the way. I met some great people along the way. And then then um, it was me that stuffed it up. Yep. Wherever situation I went, I stuffed it up my, for myself. I had plenty of opportunities to to better myself. I just I just didn't. Mm. I, I just um, something was a was a bigger priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was always something there that I thought was yeah, exactly a bigger priority. So, so yeah. So we did the um, cold turkey and the cold turkey. So after four or five days, mm. I was once I was straight. I didn't really look forward to getting off my guts because I knew there had to be a come down with it. Yeah. In the end, like at the end of the you two years. You just be back in the same yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and just- And that four or five days wouldn't have been nice. No, no, shit, no, it wasn't nice. And that was, you know, probably from four or five days of not sleeping as well yep. prior to that. I knew I just needed 
a few days just to get the shit out of my system to know that I didn't want to get up there again because it's it's just You've got to pay the piper. Yeah, yeah. What goes up must come down. Exactly yeah. right. And from there, I, I, well, I got a unit. I then went back and seen the brother-in-law and said, look, I got my shit together, rah, rah, rah. I got the kids back. The oldest daughter was uh, Jessie. She um, was my partner's girl. Mm. So obviously she's a bit hesitant to stay with the stepdad, like, you know, and she was only five or something. So she wanted to stay with mum and I wanted Jordan because I knew the circumstances that was happening. And the mother wouldn't. Um, have a bar of it, rah rah. So I said, look, you keep the pension. Let me take Jordan. And she's like, after about a week or two, she's like, yep, yep, cool. So I, I looked after Jordan for six months on the dole, and you know buying food and the rent and and living the straight life. And I was, I couldn't afford to, and I didn't even want to mm. to chase that that life anymore. I was then, of course, going through court from me stealing to support the habit i was going through all the court and and i was looking at doing some time because of some serious offenses not dangerous to anybody or anything but just a lot of money's worth accumulated of stealing and a lot of history and yeah and a lot of history a lot of history and um you're under a lot of pressure absolutely yeah i was it was um it was a hard that was a hard time when i was 26 27 it was really tough Mm. but then looking across the ro- across the room and seeing my daughter just watching TV or something, you know. It's just like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, sitting here with my daughter. like, And then I think of 10 years prior to that, and I thought, there's no way I was going to have kids. There's mm. not a chance. I wasn't the have-kid person. I wasn't the person to be responsible enough to have a kid. And it's sort of in those moments, you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm still here somehow. And I've, yeah. I've made, I've done something good with my life. Yeah, yeah. And that feeling of love became a reason. Like you want more of that. that Absolutely, was, yeah. and no judging. No, like she, you know, she didn't know any different, but just come up and give you a cuddle and love your dad. And like, I mean, that's priceless. Yeah, that's priceless. And you know what? That's probably what I was looking for the whole time. The whole time, and um, you had to create it yourself. Yeah, I had to create it myself. We had a an amazing bond, and and still have to this day. And we were just together the whole time. And then I met my current partner. I met her before I met my daughter's mother we had a little thing going and you know and i was too busy earning my 800 bucks a week and getting on the piss Uh, and you reconnected with her reconnected yeah and um yeah i drove out and left a little letter on her wheelie bin just hey it's ben you know i didn't know she had hooked up with someone or your sweetheart that's how they did it in those days yeah that's (laughs) it there was no um texting (laughs) there's no facebook um so I left the letter on her bin that was out the front, put a rock on it, and um, well, it must have been phones because she rang me. And um, um, and then we hooked up, I, yeah, and we hooked up from there. Mm. And that was 1999. And she changed, not only did I um, uh, and, and Jordan and Jesse help change my way of thinking, but then meeting Cindy, she was the first one, I, first person I trusted and that's a big thing as well, as in, um, it wasn't taken from you, or no, no, no. And I, and I just trusted her from the get go. I just she's just a trustworthy person, and um, and she's a she's got a big heart, like, and she's just she is she's just a great she was a great person to be around, and um, and just took my mind off all the bullshit, and and um, well, you felt like you could rely on someone for the first time, yeah. other than yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And and just felt, yeah, and felt comfortable, and I felt comfortable around her, and that was mm. a, a big thing, as 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 well as being with Jordan, the love. I felt the love there, like you know, straight away. I felt mm. the the connection, and um. And so then, how did life improve, work wise, and everything? Well, I, I still wasn't working because I was sole parent of Jordan. I wasn't putting into childcare. I wasn't going to do that side of things. So in my mind and and also I wasn't 100% confident that I would kick the habit if I went back earning big money mm. and doing big hours again and being easily – I knew I was easily misled. Yep. And um, so I made it in my mind when I took Jordan that I was going to wait until she goes to school and then I'll start looking for a job. That did happen. She went to school and then uh, Cindy's stepfather needed someone to help. Uh, he was a, um, a stonemason. Yep. So I went and worked for him for a couple of years. And you've been clean like four years? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was all – and then I knew. So so 
uh, the timing was right. Everything was right. Jordan was going to school. We didn't even have a car that was we, – we, we were carrying – and my partner had two girls as well. Mm. So it was a Brady Bunch put together. And we had to lock – you know, we ended up – there was times we were driving around getting toilet paper from the fucking park. And, mm. she, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. She wasn't like, you know – there was there was no money. They were like, we'll just you know put to, you know we come together and um, we just nutted it out and did what we did. There was no breaking the law or any you know drug abuse or anything like that, like that or abuse to the kids or anything like that. It was um, just put together and we soldiered on. And, and and when the the youngest one, which was mine, Jordan, went to school, that's when her stepfather rang and said the job. Yep, rah rah. So we went and um and knew that the habit was gone there. Now I mean that was you know it'd been four years. But then I um started playing cricket with two wells which was where i was living and again just walked in off the street and did the old you know let me have a crack yeah, sort yeah, of thing yeah you're still good i was still good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just got work through there so all my jobs have come linked from cricket yeah and even to what i'm doing now is linked from starting cricket playing at two wells through people i knew and then blow and then you just go on and yeah and here we are we both drive road trains across australia now so it's been a massive Massive turnaround, and and I still have my bad days, and my bad days aren't good. But I um, look for a reason to to continue on, and you found reasons along. I the found way. reasons along the way, and I have, and um, and probably when I stopped playing cricket due to being an old bastard, um, I uh, I didn't have anything. Community, community. Yeah, I didn't. There was nothing to look forward to on the weekends, and. And uh, and I um, yeah felt a bit lost because I'd had that for a while and it had been taken again not taken again but you know this time it wasn't voluntary it just you know it just happened I was too old so so how did you replace that uh, I bought a drone I initially bought the drone because my partner is riding to horses and she's like she's sitting back one day and she's like oh you need to get me one of them so I can ride and it can follow me and i'm just like oh yeah here we go right okay. what you just seen one yeah no, no 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 on tv they advertising oh, yeah, yeah. It or something and um this is you know a couple of years ago now i was like oh yeah 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 no i just looked up the prices like, oh yeah right okay yeah just to follow you around eh? yeah because they're so, a couple of grand aren't they? yeah they are so um so and she was continued on from it so it wasn't just a one conversation so she mentioned it a few times i thought all right well christmas coming up we'll you know do it so i did it I think I followed her once with the horses and I sat in the cupboard for a year and a half and I was like, okay, that was, that was a good investment. Yeah. And um, and we were driving across to Perth every week and I was like, oh, I'm just going to take the drone with me. Just I've never taken a photo of my life, with even on a phone. I have. And I look back at them now, they're all like, you know, crooked. And, <laughs> and um, I said, oh, we'll take the drone with us and just see what happens. Like, you know, get a photo of the truck. And so we pulled up on the Nullarbor on the Great Australian Bike which is uh, there's a few times in life I've I've experienced um, being in situations where nothing else matters, or, and standing on the edge of those cliffs, looking at 150 kilometres that way and 150 kilometres that way, over 140 metre drop to the ocean, it was the most calming, mm. peaceful experience. I, I you can't even it's hard to explain it. It really is, and I'm terrified of heights. Mm. And I got from here to the edge of there. Not once did I feel scared or everything. It just it was, almost like connected to a, a higher power. Yeah, sort of yeah, ex exactly what it was. It, exactly what it was. And um, and anyway, I, I so I took the drone there, uh, put it up thirty meters, bit of an angle, bang, took a photo, unedited, and just raw as. I whacked it up on Facebook, even took it in JPEG, didn't even know about Raw and all the um, rubbish that goes with it that I've had to learn. You know now, oh, yeah, my does your head in. <laughs> um, and um, so JPEG, so I tried running it through this Lightroom thing and it just didn't, wasn't happening. Anyway, I put it up on Facebook and it got like 300 likes or something, this first photo. I was like, oh, wow, this is just on a trucking page sort of thing. And as time went on, I uh, jumped on YouTube to learn everything. Everything that I know now from editing is from YouTube. Mm. And um, and it just took over my life. And it really did it. Getting to that um, addiction, um, what's it called? Personality addiction, whatever, you know. Yeah. This just, bang, this just replaced everything. In a really healthy way, though. In a healthy, yeah. healthy way. I was, 
like where am I going to be in five hours when I take over driving? Oh yeah, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. Yeah. I'm going to be here. The yeah. sun's going to be up here. It's rah rah. What am I going to learn? Oh YouTube. I've got to YouTube how to edit videos. Yeah, go. never would have seen that coming, eh? Never, <laughs> never would have seen that coming. Yeah. And um, and then made your own page, obviously. And then made my own page, which I was hesitant at when I first started. I made it and then had fifty followers for like four weeks. Yeah, and they were my mates. I'm like, what's the point of having that and that? And I was just you know keep one, but. Then posted one picture in particular that was um, of the Port Augusta tanks, had a heap of tyres in them, and um, it just went off from there. So now it's at just about to click 90,000 followers, which is uh, it's great for a personal thing as well, but it's also great for the, what I've also learned along the way is to give back to society. And I feel like, not that I owe anything, I don't feel like I owe anything, but there's some good people along the way on the streets when I was on the streets that helped me out. One in particular was a fella come up to me and now uh, he came up and gave me 20 bucks and a pizza and said, oh, you know, it was a cold night. He goes, you know, go get you know something warm, have warm feed, rah, rah. It's just something I've never forgotten, never forgot. Didn't change my world, not, not at all did it change my world, but I'll never forget it. Mm. And I never forget the feeling of uh, getting something when you got absolutely nothing. And I was... Um, Oh, like through on the streets, I was roller coaster ride mentally, like just one day to the next was just horrific to being like, this is a pretty cool day. And that was a cool day. Even when I met up with my new current partner, there wasn't, it wouldn't be a time I walked past a homeless without giving them $5 or, or something, you know, just to. Yeah, because you had that empathy. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. been you for so long. And people say, oh, they're just going to go buy. I don't give a shit what they're going to go buy. Mm. So I don't care what they're going to do with it. The fact is that they're going to remember that, you know, that someone's shit giving me $50 because mm. there's not too many people that are going to hand them $50 for starters. And you know because you remember that still. Oh, absolutely. And mine was 20 bucks and a pizza, which is probably equivalent to what the 50 bucks is mm. now. But it was what it meant, though. It was what it meant. It wasn't the amount exactly right. It was it was the um, intention of it. Mm. And even going to wake up a homeless, like I remember in Melbourne, just a, a girl, like she would have been 15, like laying on the bench, like bare feet. It's freezing Melbourne, like, you know, in footy season. I said, fucking go buy a bloody blanket. This was like six in the morning. Otherwise, I would have gone and bought a blanket. And um, I don't know what she's done with the money or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, it was just always a good feeling. And it lifted me as well. It lifted my mental health. Like it really did, like helping out people. Yeah. And it's well, not. Well, it takes you out of, out of your own mind and, and always looking. You know, inwards at yourself, and you focus on someone else, and and give to others. Yeah, and right. Just makes you feel better. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it does, and it makes you feel better. And knowing that you made them feel better mm. is a is a big thing. And so you do that with the page now. Oh, well. definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's, I don't know what percentage I give to a charity. I mean, it's and is it to charities that help the homeless? It's ever. It's a variety. I'm not set on one charity. Yeah. Just random shit. I'll just, mm. you know, I'll just put up a post. Um, Hit me up some schools that have got breakfast clubs. Auction off a pincher, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Ring up that school that has been tagged in. Doom doom breakfast club. Yeah, bang. Here's eight hundred bucks. Awesome. And just 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 random. So there's not like this month um, coming up. We're going to do two thousand dollars. And my daughter got given some money for Christmas, and she's put towards it too. And she's just a great kid. She really is. She's she's all about the cause, and and she's she's just a really good girl. And um. Uh, so we're going to do $2,000 in Big W uh, gift cards for going back to school, like for single parents that, you know, just to buy a fucking school bag and shoes and some awesome. some clothes for the kids. So it's not all about the homeless. Yeah. I'll- um, Just people who need it. Just people who need it. Yeah. I mean, last week spent $400 or $300 on cold chickens for homeless in Perth. Just seen a thing come up because I'm Facebook friends with- groups like homeless groups and and what is it about this community um on the drone way that's that's that engaged and, and just loves giving to these kinds of causes like what's special about that because you can tell from looking on it that they're super engaged and they obviously they love the content but they want to help as well and you've got something special there yeah well i think honestly i think it's just because i'd be me and i don't know if it's been big-headed or or whatever but i'll just be me i've had advice on no nah, i don't write like that well, I'm not going to not be me because that's not <clears throat> that's not me. Yep. So I think people engage that I'm uh, fair income yep. about it, and um, 
passionate about it and um, and their money is actually going to go to where I fucking say it's going to go. I'm not going to say, did a thousand bucks to Mary down the road and there's no so, so thing as Mary. Yeah, so of course not. apart from they like the photos, they um, I, I like to think they think I'm a good fella too. So um, And what has all this done for you? Massive lift massive lift it is for me it's given me a reason to keep going as stupid as that sounds even with kids grandkids whatever if you're in a situation where you're down and down and down you don't necessarily you think by ending your life you're doing everyone a you think of yourself as a burden a burden exactly right so so as much as i had all that to look forward to my kids and everything the, the drone really really took my mind away from uh, or it gave you an it outlet. Gave me an outlet. It was and it was my my thing, which is also why people love it. Which is the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that you have something creative and artistic to offer the world. Surprisingly, that so many people love and want to engage with. Yeah, and that's partly because you're you and you're you because everything you, you've been through. Been through. It's like, yeah, it's exactly. It's, crazy, it's a, really. Yeah, it's all just been jammed into one, and and yeah. um, it's uh, it's good. I really like. It. <laughs> <laughs> what would you go back and and tell that version of yourself that was going to end it? all those times i never planned ahead it just wasn't put in me so to think of um to one day you want to end your life to the next days can be completely different and the next day and the next day and every day is different so in in the moment of i want to end my life is um is to think about what's going to happen in a week have something that's just it doesn't matter how big or small it is but have something there that's a that's that's worth not killing myself for and um and things can change in a heartbeat like i said i didn't know i was gonna fucking take photos with a drone and like i said i've never taken them with a camera but if i could give myself some advice back then would be plan ahead a bit plan that life's not going to be the same in a week as what it was to when i wanted to kill myself so see your life and yourself as more than that immediate moment yeah you know, be able to see even if it's a a day ahead or a week ahead. Even, yeah, exactly right, even a day ahead. And I wasn't even living a day ahead. I was living to the next hour. Like I wasn't planning on the next day. I was just living in the moment every day, which was not a good moment to be living in mm. because you, it's hard It's hard to get out of that moment when you're in that moment. But if you've got something to, yeah, just to look forward to, I think is, is the key to have what, something. What has kept you alive? Ooh last 20 years what's kept me alive is my kids and my partner that's really what's kept me alive if i didn't have them i think um things would be a lot different and and i and i do i i think that'd be a lot different but um the first few years there was just luck i think i think it was just luck i don't know if that's the answer that we're looking for but it was i think it was just luck i um that i didn't end my life and uh then for the last 20 years it's been there's been any attempts there's been thought process thought process 10 15 20 times a day like just just bang there driving past something going oh yeah that's where mm. i could do it or you know this you know the scenario is running through your head running through your head and then coming back to i've got a good missus i've got good kids you know like and, and it's just things that snap you out of it it's important to note as you've mentioned that you do still struggle from time to time now mm. we, with some of that that thinking and, and having tough days, but that that's that's everyone, and there's yep. no there's no cure for mental ill health, or there's no uh, you know even if you haven't been through mental illness or, or had that kind of a life, um, you know, everyone's going to continually have to have their ups and downs yeah. and be able to figure out how they can work through things and what they need to do personally to be able yep. to pull themselves back up out of those dark spaces yeah absolutely. what are those things for you now that you've worked out um to pull myself out of the dark spaces is to is to occupy myself is a massive thing um whether to go out do some fencing or to go out fly the drone go out have cuddle with the grandkids talk to my daughter talk to my partner um it's it's about changing my mindset and as soon as I start to be able to do that, and it's hard, and it's hard when you know to, to, to change your mindset. It is because you get back to it, and you get back to it, and you get back to it. But it, it, it there is no cure. It, it's a disease. If to me, I don't know. This is. It, it feels like it's a, a disease that I'm. I I've got that 
I'm managing, at the, and I am I'm managing it. What pulls me out of it is just positive thoughts. It's to try and think of something positive and, and stick with it. And like I said, if it's flying the drone or having a chat to the missus or... What are you living for now? I'm living for life. I'm, I'm, I'm living because um, I want to see my grandkids grow up. And I really do. I'm really... They're such good kids and, and, and it's a proud, proud moment. I want to see them grow up and succeed. Um, I'm living for... I'm living for my family. And I'm, and you know what? And most importantly, I'm living for myself, and um, to to be the man of the house, and to you know, like, and to have that responsibility where I didn't have that as I didn't have I wasn't responsible. I, I enjoy being responsible. You're well and truly ready for it now. Yeah, I think I'm growing up now. <laughs> it took a while. Should have been doing this a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> and you fought bloody hard to still be here too. I did. I have. I've as yeah. I have. I fought. Yeah, I did. I have. I fought hard. It's been a, um, it's been a uh, a rough ride, but it's been a good ride. I've had lots of ups as well, and mm. a shitload of downs. Well, it's a hell of a story. Mm. It is. It is a hell of a story. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm I'm glad that you're you're here to tell it now, and I'm sure a lot of people are too. And I think it's inspiring uh, in a very legitimate way that someone who's been through what you've been through has been able to find themselves in, in such a positive place where you do have so many beautiful things in your life and you're a massive positive influence on so many other people in your mm. life and even outside of that in a, in a much broader community um, and just doing all these things that you wouldn't have imagined yeah. for so long being mm. able to do um, and yeah you still have tough times because you're because you're human mm. but you well and truly are happy to be here and I think that's what people need to see yeah yeah I am I'm happy to be here and I'm and I love making people feel good as much as that. I don't know. I don't know if that's a selfish, a selfish way of no, motivating myself no. to very, feel good. It's very, it's very human, man. That's, yeah, that's how it's meant to be. Is it? Is, yeah. yeah, I like putting smiles on people's faces, and and the page does that. Not yeah. only does it it help, but it actually people get a bit of a laugh out of it as well. Because I'd like to, you know, take the piss a bit here and there, and and um and it's good, and it makes me feel makes me feel good so it's yeah. a win-win for everybody yeah and you're just yourself and you've you've it's taken you a while but you've made life work yeah yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. and i'll never change being who i am if you're a fan of the work we're doing or have a suggestion for the show please rate us on apple podcasts and leave a comment you can follow young blood men's health matters on facebook instagram and youtube and visit our website youngbloodmedia.com.au to stay up to date And most importantly, if this conversation resonated with you, share it with someone you love and start a conversation of your own. A huge thank you to our local business supporters who've joined our mission to change the lives of young men for the better and help make this possible. We're all in it together. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.